support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Chris Kyle Photography Podcast. So I first came across you with a video about the Canon A1, I believe it was, and since then followed your YouTube stuff, found you on Instagram and so on. What I don't know is how it is that you actually started with photography. So what was it that made you pick up a camera for the first time? Well, uh, yeah, well, the first time, so I kind of think of myself as having two beginning points. So the first time I ever, ever picked up a camera was when I was 16 and it was just because I wanted, I don't know what it was, but there was just something, because I've, I've always been very artistic and sort of artsy. Um, I used to paint a lot when I was at school. And I just wanted to, I don't know, just take pictures of my friends, take pictures of family holidays. And I even made like a photo book when I was 16. Because <laughs> I mean, back in the day, um, on MacBooks, you could like create like a photo book, just like, uh, yeah. So, and then, and then, I don't know. I think when I was about a year into using my camera, it broke. And, um, and so I, and I just couldn't be bothered to fix it. And years went by and it didn't pick up a camera. And, and then, so, and then quite a few years later, I, you know, I tried my hand at sort of starting my own clothing company. Um, it didn't go as planned, but I was after I, I, I paid for like a photo shoot. And um, I realized how expensive it was to get like sort of professional sort of images. Um, I was like, you know what? I, I could do this myself. So that sort of prompted me to pick up the camera again, um, like nearly, I don't know, nearly eight years after the, the first time I put it down. Yeah. And, I, and then I just, and since then, I've just become like kind of obsessed with it. I'm sort of just like teaching myself from, basically from scratch again. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it sort of kind of out of necessity why I picked up a, the camera. Um, the, well, the first time's out of enjoyment and just trying to you know, just record memories. And then the second time was kind of out of necessity uh, just to save costs. And then now it's just sort of, uh, yeah, now it's just become like a daily part of my life. What was it that led you to start shooting film? Um, it was just... It was actually one, it was a video. Um, so they're, so they're kind of like travel, they're more like travel vloggers now, but when they started off, um, they, they shot a lot of film. So they, they're a channel called the wild we roam. Um, but, I, and, um, it, it was <laughs> ironically, it was, um, it was a video talking about the Canon A1. Oh, wow. and it was just something about, um, and, that, and it was literally, and that's literally why I picked up the Canon A1 after watch that video. And I think I watched that video, it must be about three years now. There was just something about the photos. I don't know what it was. It was just, I don't know, it just, there was just so much soul in it. And then it got me like digging through like old photos of my parents. And there was something, I don't know what it was. It was just something that that spoke to me. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, it had like this magical aura about it, like the whole process. You know, when we, because nowadays everything's so instantaneous. Everything is like, there was just like, there was that, I know there's just there's something about it that you just can't replicate with digital. Is it like the delayed um the delayed gratification? 
yeah, it's that. But it's I think it's also like just touching something, touching from history, seeing something so old, you know, something that was like 40, you know, 40 plus years old now. Uh, and I know just using a piece of history and like that, that the, the fact that it still works so well nowadays, like even after 40 years, that part of it was really, in, you know, really appealed to me. And just like the look of it as well, like the literal physical look appearance of a film camera. Um, it just made, it sparked something in you, I feel. Because um, uh, that's something then, I say on my channel. Sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. That's something I say on my channel. Like, if, if like, I know for me, like if the camera doesn't make you want to pick it up, then you're not going to shoot. It's not going to inspire you. Um, and for me, like, you know, my Canon A1 is like something that does that. And I think that's why I shoot it because it just, it just gets me excited just looking at it. <laughs> it makes me want to go out and shoot. No, I actually completely agree. Um, when I used to be a musician, there was a, a sort of a debate between old school guitar players and the newer generation about, does it matter what a guitar looks like? And I feel like it does matter if it's something that's going to make you want to pick it up yeah. and play it, especially in like the developmental stages. And that's really of important. Course. Do you, um, do you still shoot any digital? I do actually. Um, so I recently picked up, uh, like the X100V. I don't know if you know much about Fuji cameras. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So so I started off shooting um, the 5D, Canon 5D. And then I switched over to Fuji once I realized like I just I would just never take out my Canon 5D because it was just too big. Mm -hmm. And so I was always looking, I was looking for like a camera system that was small, like I could I could literally take with me anywhere. And the Fuji system was was that. And um, so now when I shoot digital, it's sort of to it sort of lightens my load because I develop and scan all my film. So, <laughs> you know, if I, and it, every additional roll of film I shoot is like another two to three hours of work. So mm -hmm. I felt that, oh, sorry, it kind of got to a point I was shooting so much film that I was just like, oh, you know what? I just want to, I want to keep on taking photos, but I don't want to keep, <laughs> you know, I don't want to spend two, three hours just to get a photo. So I've sort of, um, I bought a second digital camera um, just for stills, and because, as you know, cause I, I mean, I do I do enjoy shooting my XC3, but it's just such a, a pain in the ass having to break it down because I have it all rigged up for video for my YouTube. So spending 10, 20 minutes each time just to take a couple of photos was really annoying. Right. I mean, one of the, one of the selling points. Sorry, yeah. but, um, just quickly, one of the selling points with the Fuji is kind of. It's sort of, I guess, the closest digital relationship to film in the way that yeah. it's marketed. And, and I think the way it's received as well by the users. I used it for a while and um, I definitely felt that there was that more close connection to the film world with the Fuji than any other. What is it specifically about Fuji other than the size that you like? Do you actually, do you really like the, the, the sort of ergonomics of it? Do you like the, the files that you get from it? What, what do you really enjoy? Um, I like the aesthetics for sure. I just love the look of the cameras and also like, I don't know, it's, it's they've managed to pack so many like <laughs> features. I mean, I hate talking about gear, um, mm. but like they've managed to pack so many good video features, especially in the XC3 and, you know, for such a reasonable price. And I, I like the fact that, you know, the, like the film simulations, I think, you know, I think that's one of the, sort of big selling points of them is just that it can really speed up your workflow. 
like I've, I know so many people say it and like I'm me included, like you can literally just dial in your image, like how you want the image to look in camera and then yeah. almost post that JPEG. You know, it's, you know, it's almost good enough for, you know, you're, you're, you're left with an image that you're happy with that you really don't need to do any tweaking with, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like the, like the, you know, the classic Chrome, classic Neg, Eterna. I love Eterna. Like those, like honestly, between, between, and like, and then, you know, the fact that you can do like tone curves in there, you can add grain. Like you basically got like a Lightroom preset built into the camera. And then, you know, you just transfer that over Wi Fi to your phone and then you can stop, you know, you can, you can literally have a, a laptop list, a laptop free workflow there. Yeah. It's one of the funny things really about, about digital photography it's gone more and more and more complicated with more and more plugins and, and Lightroom and, and the way that people go about editing stuff, there's like presets upon presets upon presets. And actually yeah. it's interesting to see a company kind of try and remove that entire stage of the, the process so that you can go from camera to audience pretty much straight away. Yeah. Like I remember, you know, I, I got really excited cause you know, I just learned, you know, I just learned how to dodge and burn properly. And then I told my, one of my other friends, like who shoots Fuji as well. He just like, no, I don't, I literally don't do any editing. I was like, really? <laughs> and I look at his, and he's just like, yeah, I, like he, he kind of, and it got, cause he said like, yeah, I used to, you know, I used to do all that stuff. Like all this time, you know, spend hours and hours editing a single image. And then he just decided one day to just not. <laughs> and they were just, they were being received just as well. Like, and that's sort of got me thinking about editing, you know, a lot of times when we edit, it's it's mainly for you, and it's like yeah. So it's so like it's very rare that people. Oh yeah, I noticed that you did your edit in this certain way or whatever. And it's just like if you get the image right in camera, like the amount of editing you do afterwards, I've, you know, I think most more, more often than not, it kind of has like like a very marginal sort of improvement in terms of how it's received. You know? Definitely. Since you don't like talking about gear and I'm there with you, I'm not really a huge fan of talking about gear generally because it always seems to be quite a competitive subject. Let's let's talk about film. Um, you mentioned that you develop your own film. Is that to do with kind of um, wanting to have your own creative control or is it that you just enjoy the process? Um, <laughs> so initially it was just uh, to save costs really because I was looking, because when I saw, you know, when I got into well, when I made the commitment, like I think that's uh, something people don't don't really tell you is that if you're going to shoot film, if you want to get sh- if you want to get good at shooting film, it's a commitment. And so I kind of when I noticed, um, so I was trying to find how to keep costs down. And no, yeah, I was looking at all these different labs and like seeing how much they would cost. And there was no way around it. Like it was developing film was just it's just always going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a single role at like a budget friendly sort of lab is like, you know, 10, 15 pounds. So, so it was initially, it was just mainly purely just to save money because you save, you can, you save like 80%, you know, by developing yeah. yourself. Um, and then the more I did it, I kind of went, the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it. And uh, it was sort of like, it became like a, a time, like a little, a little slot in my day where I could literally just forget about everything else. And it kind of, I know it sounds, I hate to say it, but it becomes quite therapeutic just doing it. Cause I, yeah. I put my headphones in, 
I put my headphones in. And if I don't concentrate on doing the developing correctly, then I will have ruined my film. I'll ruin everything and I wasted money. So it puts me in a, in a space where I, I just really focus on just on that one thing. And for like, so yeah. And, and, and like is, it is really rewarding to, <laughs> to pull out a role, a dev, you know, a freshly developed role and seeing the images actually come out the way you wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, definitely. Um, because with film, like it's, uh, I've, I've lost count of the number of times where, uh, you know, something's gone wrong, completely out of my control. Like, you know, if, you know, if I've shot many blank roles, developed it and then, you know, expecting to see like you know, a role full of bangers and just see a completely blank role. So, so it's just like, yeah, it's, uh, that. So yeah, it is yeah, it's very uh, satisfying to to do. When it comes to you as a photographer, and it comes to when you're shooting with your A one or you're shooting in with film in general, compared to when you're shooting with digital, are you a different photographer? Do you approach what you're doing differently with film compared to digital? Yeah, kind of. I think, I mean, for the most part, it is quite similar. But um, it's been a while since I shot like digital property. But I think I think she basically the same not because i i sort of do it um so i'll shoot if i'm shooting like portraits with someone i'll i'll shoot both um whereas yeah obviously with with digital i'll you know i'll i'll make full use of the fact that i can shoot unlimited frames um so i'll do i'll shoot you know i'll probably do some like some bursts mode you know i'll take a couple of frames in burst mode well obviously you can't right. really do that in film um but i'm not you know i don't i don't i used to be very economical with my digital just because i've you know i hated culling loads of photos at the end of it um but now that i shoot you know i shoot a lot of film i i now use digital as a way of like you know relieving a lot of pressure that you have with film because when you're film tuning with film you're you have a lot more tentative you're a lot more uh cautious and now that i shoot you know now that i shoot with both you know i mean i've always shot with both but now i'm more so with digital i'm like i like to be a lot more um not reckless but like just going for it kind of thing and um Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, in a general in a general sense, what is it that makes you want to keep taking photos? What is it that's driving you to keep going out of your camera? I don't know. It just it just makes me happy. <laughs> like there's something about it. Um, it I don't know. It, there's something about it that like, really taught a lot about myself. I don't know. It's just like the process of shooting with people because I I make that's who I, I mainly shoot people like you know on, either on the street or in terms or like in like a portrait sort of studio scenario. And I know the whole process of getting to know people, you know, that, that, I know shooting people has taught a lot by myself. It's like, it's opened me up as a person and sort of creating like that Mm self-expression. That is something that I, 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 I was missing a lot of in my, for about you know a good portion of my life, like I say, about I don't know, like about five or six years, I just didn't go for yeah for about five or six years. I went without 
creating anything sort of artistic. And I realized that, you know, it, that it, and I, at the time I didn't really think much of it, but when I then started picking up a, a camera and started taking images that made me happy, it, it filled a void. Um, and as all, I'm always chasing that feeling of, wow, I made something, I made something that's pleasing to look at, whether it be someone's facial expression, whether it be, um, I don't know, like a, a moment on the street, like a scene that just looked really interesting. And I'm always chasing that, that feeling, you know, and always chasing that. Um, and I was trying to figure out how I can, you know, one up that kind of thing. And I think that's right. what, at the crux of it, that's what, that's why I take photos. I mean, something I noticed with, um, when I first started doing workshops for portrait photographers, I noticed that really you could break down portrait photographers into two types. There were people that really mm-hmm. enjoyed the shoot and there were people that really enjoyed the shot. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. there was people that enjoyed the process of taking the photo. And then there were people that didn't so much care for the process as long as it led to the photo that they wanted. Which do you think you are? I think I'm probably a mixture of the two. Uh, I, I, it, it, like, I mean, the part of me, like, yeah, I do enjoy, um, I, I, I hate setting up. That's annoying. I hate setting up equipment. I hate setting up lights. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, um, I hate when shoots drag on for too long. Um, you know, yeah. it's cause like, like if I, if I feel like I can get the shot, you know, if I've booked out a place for three hours and I feel like I've done it in two and a half hours, I won't stretch out, you know, the final 30 just because I can. hundred percent. I'm absolutely with you on that. That's like, that's like my biggest bugbear is when you, when you do a shoot and it just feels like, yeah, we got it. We can just cut now. We're, we're good. Yeah. And and people yeah. want to keep it going. I'm with you. Yeah. Cause I've had shots, uh, shoots with, you know, I'll share a space with another photographer and they're just like, yeah, let's just keep going. And I'm just like, it's like, we've got the shot. Let's try something different. You know, it's like you're, yeah, um, so that's me. Like, if I can get the shot done in 10, then I will. I won't feel... So, yeah, I'm kind of both. So, like, once I have the shot, once I'm happy with it, then, yeah, I'm satisfied. Let's switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk about YouTube because I find the phot- the photographic community on YouTube to be quite an interesting one. And, and it seems like a lot of people arrive there for different reasons. Uh, what was it that made you want to start making YouTube videos in the first place? Uh, So... So interesting fact, I don't know many people, well, I actually started off, so I'm actually, I come from a, like a powerlifting background. So like my, I have two main sort of passions, interests. So like lifting, so strength training and um, photography. And I found that, so I started off YouTube making, it was mainly like uh, strength training videos and sort of like really informative. And I, and I realized that there really wasn't much growth in it. Like it was a very saturated market. There really wasn't much growth. Um, the only real growth on it was like in terms of like fitness ed- entertainment. And that wasn't what I was, like, I was about at all. Right. But, on this, but simultaneously, while I was also like a lot of the content that I was consuming sort of just as much was, um, was photography and videography and just so, and I felt like I got to a point where I was like, you know what? 
I want to share what I've learned because I feel because I got to a point where if I had taught, I, I got, you know, I've sort of amassed enough knowledge that I felt like I wish I had this when I was got started. So it kind of compelled me to, to share it with everyone else because. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was sort of like a trying to fill a void where, you know, I felt like, you know, if I, if I started out, then, Oh, I, I wish I had this information. So that I wanted to share and it was those videos and those sort of insights that I want to share with everyone else. So for example, um, you know, a lot, you know, when I started off with photography, no one really explained to me how much it was going to cost, how much of a investment and a commitment it was going to be, uh, how collecting film cameras is overrated. <laughs> uh, you know, just like, just things like that. And, and on top yeah. of that, I just want, I wanted to share and document my journey. Um, sort of my, my, you know, my, my process. Cause I saw, I saw very, either like I, either I've been shooting, taking photos for, I feel like a significant amount of time, but I still feel, but the, but take, but I've only been taking it very, very seriously for a very short amount of time. So I consider myself very much a beginner. Um, so I, I, I thought there was some value in documenting that process of like, of, you know, of learning it and sort of, cause I feel like in photography, there's, you know, people sort of look at a photo and think that, you know, that this is, you're trying to figure out how do I, how do they do that? Oh, this person's so good. You know, you sort of put people on a pedestal and think like, oh, that's so unattainable. Right. So I thought, so I thought that, you know, if I could, sort of show my process and show that even me, you know, even though I, you know, I don't rate myself as like an incredible photographer or anything. I felt like there would be someone out there who would sort of, sort of value that, you know, someone who's sort of learning, learning the ropes and trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, th- I think, um, I mean, quick side note, the reason that this podcast isn't generally done with uh, video is because there's the off chance that I'm going to have a guest that's a power lifter and they're going to make me look like a fat sack of crap. But <laughs> that's that goes without saying. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think one of the great things about YouTube is that it's people at different steps of the ladder helping the people beneath them, which is always yeah. really fantastic. There is a almost a stereotype developing, I feel like, with YouTube photographers. Um, I feel like we went through a phase where everyone was trying to be Pete McKinnon. Everyone was trying to be that kind of like overhyped, over B-rolled, like constantly high energy. Um, And I I don't know how well that goes across to a British market because we tend to, I think like staunch English people tend to get pissed off with people that are a bit too happy. (laughs) As far as like it goes for you, do you feel like a pressure as a YouTube, as a YouTuber to, to adapt your photography or your personality for what you're putting up? Or are you just trying to be yourself? I, yeah, I won't lie, but there have been times where I felt like, oh, oh, should I really be posting this? Cause like, you know, I'm, cause like, obviously I'm trying to grow, like I'm trying to grow my, yeah. Like, and, you know, yeah, there have been times where I felt like, oh, no, I should have posted, but I, but I'm very aware of that. And I thought, and I know that's the wrong mindset. So even if I know that this photo won't do well, I'll post it anyway, just to, right. just to prove a point that, you know, cause I, I don't want to ever fall into that to fall victim of 
be inauthentic, you know, because I, I would like a photo because I know uh, there are plenty of photos on my Instagram account that I know that I know won't get as many likes, whatever. But I post it anyway because I because I like the image because because it reminds me of it, you know for whatever reason I want to post it. And there's been times where um, there were <laughs> there were some comments. Uh, I think it was like a one of the comments on one of my videos. It really riled me up. <laughs> it was like, um, uh, what was it? So if this, it was a, it was just a short video, and the person commented, you know, like uh, I felt like you rushed this. I felt like you didn't put enough effort into it. And to be fair to <laughs> to be fair to this person, like it, it came from a place of it came from a good place. Like he was more like worried about the performance of the channel. He was like, oh, I just hope that you know. Um, just trying to I don't know, play the algorithm, whatever, whatever. Like he just, he was kind of looking out for me. And initially I was very annoyed. I was like, you know, how did you say like, I'm just seeing this as like this huge channel is just like my scrapbook kind of thing. You know, I don't feel, I don't want to have to, you know, spend, you know, I, you know, I don't want to feel like I have to only put out really, really high quality of content, you know, that, that right. requires that requires days and days and days of, you know, of work. You know, sometimes I just want to put out something quickly just because, I, you know, I came across something that interests me that that just didn't need to be that 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 was just quick. You know, um, yeah, yeah. And but at the same time, um, so I you know I so and it. And so what I said in like the next video, I was just like, I kind of asked people why they followed me. And uh, it was really nice. Uh, despite that, it was really nice that there were a lot of people who still, you know, who still resonated with what I had to say regardless. And I think I kind of, the way I then reframed that comment was like, this person wasn't trying to have a go at me. It was like, it was actually quite flashing that he cared that much enough about what I'm doing to leave that comment. Right, right. Is it something where you feel like being on YouTube has has helped you as a photographer? Have you have you become a better photographer because you've been assembling stuff to go out on YouTube? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, it's just it it compels me to to shoot more in a good way, you know. Like it gives me a reason to step out the door and just to keep my skills sharp, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't have you know, if I didn't have a reason to, you know, especially now during the like the pandemic, where you know, where you know clients you know are looking for you know, a photographer or whatever, like it just gives me a reason to go outside and shoot and just to keep, you know, because it actually being outside and shooting, um, you know, I didn't do it so you know I didn't do it at all really when you know at the height of the lockdown, but as lockdown eased and we were allowed to be outside just being outside and shooting and then documenting that and creating videos around that. Um, yeah, it just kept my mood up. It, um, and yeah, cause I, that was, that's sort of like the biggest thing I've learned about photography. Like the only way to improve is to, is to take more photos. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I, do you know, I think that's actually a mistake people make is that they think that the way to, to get better at something is to kind of like you watch YouTube or you you're on Instagram and there, I think it's kind of similar to um, what a lot of writers do where they or aspiring writers do where they kind of claim that 
them what they do day to day in their kind of procrastination time is actually like research or it's like helping them build up an understanding when actually quite often they're just sat watching tv or they're just sat you know not doing the thing that they're actually trying to get better at and and it's actually one of the really weird things about like photography is oh you want to get better at photography like go and take some pictures i know i I mean like focus books do help of course but then you fall victim to imitating and plagiarizing without even realizing. Yes. Um, <laughs> Cause that's why, you know, like, cause like, I, you know, I, you know, there are a lot of sort of Instagram photographers that I really look up to and like really, really admire the work of, but I try not to, I mean, I do it unintentionally, you know, without even thinking, but I found, so whenever I do find myself like, this doesn't look like my own photo. This looks like someone, someone else's photo. I mean, it's a, it's a downside, right? Of, of immersing yourself in, in your, in your favorite photographers. I, I used to have to have a rule with when I had portrait shoots, I would not look at the work of Agatha Serge or Emily Soto for like two or three days beforehand, because it would kind of remove that danger of me just like subconsciously inferring their idea into my photo. It's, it's a real danger with, with the amount of photography that we're kind of surrounded with as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's for sure. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I know, yeah, and and also, and yeah, and that's also like when people, I guess, it's sort of sort of a slightly different point. You know, when people say, "Oh, I feel uninspired" or whatever, for mm-hmm. me, uh, for me, that, that that's that's per- that's the perfect time to go out and shoot because um, <laughs> because when you do when you are uninspired you generally create crap photos and when you create crap photos and you can sort of look at why it's crap, you're suddenly then inspired to say like, you kind of finally, you can immediately see like, how can I improve this? And then for me, that sort of kicks me into, you know, kicks me into gear and like say, ah, okay. If I done this slightly different, if the lighting was slightly different, then that gets me inspired to keep shooting. Yeah. I've always said, I've always said that like self-hatred is a fantastic motivator. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um let me just ask you a quick question because I'm, I'm fascinated by this when it comes to people that put themselves out as youtubers um there are certainly people on youtube and it's not exclusive to photography by any stretch of the imagination but there are people on youtube that want to be seen as an authority on a particular subject so mm-hmm. um, there are people that want to be the authority on you know guitar playing or on cooking or whatever and they use um, a platform like YouTube to kind of be the final word on certain subjects. Is that something mm-hmm. you have any interest in or are you just, are you just looking to pass on what you do know? I mean, for the main part, it is just to pass on what I know and just to be, but yeah, of course a part of me does want to, to be somewhat of an authority because, but just, just to, in, to the extent that I can make, like I can make sort of, a career somewhat out of it on YouTube. Because I feel like if you're not, if you're not something of an authority, then people aren't going to believe in what you have to say or sort of like, you know, say if I wanted to sell like a photo book, I think you kind of have to be somewhat of an authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, not saying that you have to be the best. That's not, that's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I think because yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it sounds. I mean, if you if you you have to 
don't know. You ha- you kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to have some sort of authority if you want to, you know, if you want to make yourself, you know, if you want to start selling stuff on on YouTube, if you want to make a career out of it, you have to be somewhat of an authority, right? No, I absolutely completely agree. I think like for people to take you seriously, you have to show a certain degree of like self-confidence and yeah. Uh, even if that's uh, like in my case, um, with what I do for a job, I'm not someone that's ever going to be my biggest fan, but at the same time, you have to give that, that degree of confidence in a facade to, to your clients in the sense that like, I, I know I can produce what it is that they want now, but I want to be always producing better than what I am. So it's kind of like masking that self-hatred with just that degree of confidence is quite difficult. People want to see authority in, in anyone that they're asking to do something. When it comes to YouTube, who are your favorite YouTubers? I really like, um, you know, Kai. Kai Wong, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I know, there's something. I just love his style. He's, I think he's the closest thing to Top Gear for for, for like photography. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I really like uh, Grainy Days. I love him. He's hilarious, and his you know his work's really good. Um, who else? Oh, there's quite a few, but I still off the. He's just one off the top of my head. I know there are a couple of small YouTubers who I actually really enjoy. I just can't think of at the moment. And do you watch like non-photograph, like I guess not non-photographic stuff, but you mentioned earlier like travel vlogs. Do you watch things like travel vlogs to kind of inspire you in terms of your photography? Um, so not so much, honestly. If I mainly the two types of content I enjoy most are photography and sort of uh, strength, sort of sports um content <laughs> so there i'm i'm massively influenced by um that, that's something that, like yeah that's kind of something i want to do i want to try that's something i want to do more of going forward sort of uh, combine sports and photography and sort of do more sports photography that's something mm-hmm. i yeah you know, i really want to do um because there's a photographer like a photographer friend of mine and i, I love the way that he does his stuff is um yeah i kind of want to yeah that's going forward that's kind of more yeah well your your insight if you're interested in in like the the lifting side of things i feel like it's always good to understand the subject that you're photographing and you would have that inside knowledge i guess so it'd be quite easy for you to kind of get it from from both sides of of the camera you could understand what was what the point of what you were doing was yeah no yeah and that's something i was um I did a bit of, um, before lockdown, I was shooting for like a couple of boutique gyms. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's something I want to do more of actually. Um, outside of YouTube, let's just talk in general. What's mm-hmm. your most hated photo cliche that you see come up on like Instagram? <laughs> um, oh God, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some backlash for this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but like it's, uh, it seems to be like younger sort of photographers who do this, but like really gimmicky. Um, I'm sure you know what I'm thinking. One thing of like really gimmicky sort of photography ideas, where it'd be like shooting through like kitchen utensils, uh, yeah. shining lights, like shining a light through a colander, 
And um, yes, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to jump in right there because you mentioned the <laughs> calendar, and that, right? So, um, a friend of mine who's actually been on the podcast before, she was telling me about a photo- so she's a model, and she was telling me about a yeah. photographer that she works with. He's very prominent on Instagram. He's got a lot of followers. Um, yeah. So good for him. But she was explaining to me it really slowly about this photographer and how he used a calendar to get the light. To, and I was just sat there and I was just like, please stop talking. I'm so <laughs> sick of this gimmick, please. Yeah. It, it, I don't know what it is. It tends to be Sony shooters as well. I mean, I know, I know it's... 100%. I know, it's, I know the last thing we want to do is sort of create photography tribalism. But I, it, just, it seems to be Sony shooters and they all seem to be around... 18 to 21 years old. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's really it, funny? So I switched to Sony about, I don't know, about, I can't remember, beginning of the year at some point, lockdown's got me uh-huh. to the point where I don't remember okay. anything. And um, I'm in no way am I insulted by what you're saying. It's 100% true. I now feel <laughs> like when I'm out, so I use it for weddings and for my professional yeah. work. And I feel like when I'm out and I've got the Sony camera, I now feel like when a dad drives his car that his son has fitted like a spoiler to and put a load of stickers on. So I feel like I'm like that weird old guy that's that's driving oh, no. around like an old escort that's got like white rims. It's not good at all. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and, and the edit is always um oh there's like that that edit where you desaturate everything apart from like uh teal and orange tones, you know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it, oh God. Uh, and like phrase, <laughs> just like how how many leading lines can we fit into one picture? Um, setting things on fire, and then like a random object on fire, and then taking a picture of that. Um, the absolute like most Sony cliche you can do is you take a picture of your camera in your hand, and there's got to be like a smoke bomb. You've got to have yes, the mask yes, from the purge. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's just it's utter bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it gets people, I think, but I feel like it it, it appeals to, maybe it's just because we're older. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe we're just, we're just a couple of, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm more than happy to to be too old for that side of things. If that's if if that's what being young is, I'm fine being closer to death. In terms of your own photography, what do you think your worst habit is? Worst habit? Oh, God. Um, I hate, okay, yeah. I probably in terms of street, just because I've been doing mostly street photography at the moment, is like I hate sort of regretting not taking a shot or not and or not stepping like a, a step closer in than I would have. You know, I know basically not doing the things that I know will get me a better photo just because I'm a bit shy. You know, um, right. That's, yeah, and that that's a that's a habit I want to I'm working on because because you know film is yeah you know film's expensive each shot each bad photo I take that I know is bad but even before I develop it is that uh, you know yeah it costs money and yeah I'm if I can it's just like I'm trying to reduce my uh, my bad hit rate kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, you have the YouTube channel, like you said earlier, and part of that is to pass knowledge down to to other people. If you were to go back and talk to yourself from the position you're in now, um, when you were just starting out with photography, let's say the second time when you started to kind of take yeah. it a little bit more seriously, yeah. um, what's yeah. the one piece of information that you would give yourself that would have sped up your progress? 
um, be more obsessive about taking photos and sort of look at creating bodies of work um, rather than because I feel yeah because uh, that's something I'm I'm trying to uh, you know I've, I've been I've been procrastinating big time but yeah think about creating bodies of work rather than just individual because um, I feel if you I think bodies of work are far more captivating far more compelling than just individual photos uh, okay. for the most for the most part and uh, yeah just be more obsessed about shooting um, shooting if you yeah, if you can help it you know you know I mean once a day sounds a lot um, like every day but at least once a week twice a week you know just be just being more obsessive about it no, it sounds like a really good sounds like a good thing to say. I think people underestimate the power of photo projects and stuff on actually kind of like focusing and restricting you. The most important part of the podcast is that people know where they can go to find your work and obviously they need to be able to find your YouTube videos and so on. So this is your opportunity to plug yourself and all the places people can find you. Yeah, sweet. Um so my YouTube channel is Zane Reza, Z A I N R I Z A. Uh my Instagram is just Zane Shoots Film. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. <laughs>